0: Visit ImpressBeauty.com slash PressOn and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I am your host, Jordan. I am mum to two beautiful little boys, Jai and Ali. I also host the Your Birth Project online hypnobirthing course and the Mini Kiwis First Aid course for parents of under five-year-olds. And I have an online store attached to Your Birth Project, which encompasses everything pregnancy, birth, and postpartum related. So just absolutely love that side of the business. I'm also a very, very passionate storyteller and a lover of all things birth. So hence why I am leading you on this podcast. I'm not an advocate for any particular type of birth or model of birth care. I am simply here to hold space for this platform for you to share your beautiful stories with us all. You'll hear stories of joy, of heartbreak, of love, of loss, and each family has a different experience to share. I'm trying to bring to light stories that we often only tell in the darkest of places or to our closest of friends, but really are so important for everybody to hear. So I hope that you love the podcast of these beautiful families all over Aotearoa and I will let you jump into the podcast now. Enjoy. This week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly sponsored by Your Birth Project. Your Birth Project is my online hypnobirthing course that is designed to help you create your best birth, whatever that means to you. And it is a course that you can do at any time in your pregnancy. I usually recommend somewhere from the start of the second trimester, but really you can do it at any time and you can do it as many times as you like in twelve months. Um, you can take your time or you can do it all at once and you can repeat the sections as much as you need to but I have a lot of mums and dads who use it, um, particularly the breathing techniques and the comfort methods throughout their pregnancy as well. So, I definitely would love for you to check that out. And the other pillar of your birth project is the online store. So, if you head to www.yourbirthproject.com, you can check out the online store, which is full of products for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, and is just designed to help support you at each stage of your motherhood journey. So. I know that you're going to love the store if you visit there. There's lots of awesome products um, from all over the world. I've tried to really make it a one-stop shop for things like your birth bag or your postpartum support. So yeah, I hope you love it. And yeah, I'm really glad to be able to bring you this one-stop shop in one place as well as the Your Birth Project course. In this week's episode of the podcast I speak with Kate and Kate is a beautiful mum based here in Papamoa and she has a lovely daughter named Olive and Kate takes us through her pregnancy journey with her partner TJ where they struggled to fall pregnant after Kate came off the pill. So they had some fertility challenges which ended up uh, being diagnosed with PCOS and then a couple of rounds of Letrozole and Clomid later and they fell pregnant with Olive. So she talks us through those fertility challenges and then into her pregnancy where she did experience quite a lot of anxiety about losing the pregnancy. So she talks us through how she dealt with that and then into her birth prep and birth story. After that we have a really good chat about the fourth trimester and dealing with silent reflux with Olive which Kate found super challenging and then into some challenges with her recovery. So Lots of topics covered in this episode, I think Kate does a beautiful job of telling her story and I know that there'll be people out there who really resonate with different parts, so I hope that you enjoy it, I'd love to hear your feedback, um, feel free to send me a message on Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram or an email at kiwibirthtales at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed the episode, let's jump into it. Hi Kate, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> No problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Um, so yeah, I'm Kate. I am from Papamoa and my
0: live with my husband and our husband T J and our uh eight and a half month old Olive.
1: <laughs> awesome. Very cool. And do you want to talk us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and T J?
0: Yeah um, it was interesting. Uh, (laughs) We got married in December of 2019 and I stayed on the pill until the wedding um, which I quickly regretted but I (laughs) had always heard oh you know people get pregnant straight away coming Mm. off the pill and I of course knew that that wasn't always going to be the way it worked but um, I didn't want to get pregnant before the wedding so I didn't want to risk it um so came off the pill straight away and started trying um I didn't get my period back so I'd been on the pill I don't know 14 years or something a very long time um I didn't get my period back after coming off I got one like a month later and I thought oh amazing I've got a regular cycle Mm -hmm. um but, no, I got nothing else after that. And, yeah, I quickly started to go into panic uh, panic mode. Mm. Um, I'm like a real control freak and <laughs> really just wanted to be pregnant, you know, straight away. And having no cycle just felt like, yeah, we were just having sex all the time because I'm like well I could be ovulating Mm. at any time you know it wasn't like one one week of the month or anything yeah yeah
1: so it quickly became a chore chore. yeah Um, had you um had regular periods before going on the pill or you don't really remember
0: yeah I don't like
1: really remember Mm. um
0: I think I had longish cycles um that's kind of my only real memory is that I had quite long cycles but I don't yeah I don't really know too much
1: yeah that's okay it was
0: such a long time but um yeah yeah, so I went to the doctor I'd already been like pre-trying and um went back six months in and I we were allowed a referral to fertility associates because they usually make you try for a year, but if you don't have a cycle, that qualifies you for a um, referral after six months. So, yeah, we got an appointment relatively quickly, which was cool because I was very stressed already by this point. Hmm. Um, Went to Fertility Associates and did all their testing. um, And they tested my husband and they tested me and said that I had PCOS, um, polycystic ovaries which was, I mean, I kind of been doing all my own research by then. Mm. um, So I had heard of it, but didn't, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a shock as well, but yeah, um, yeah, it was good to have a diagnosis and a kind of a pathway forward. um, If you want to have like, I mean, nobody wants fertility problems, but it's one of the easier ones to Mm. solve in the scheme of things. So um, it did give me, I felt a lot better once we'd started that process and like there was hope, I guess. Mm. Um, so, what the first port of the first thing they do when you have no cycle is um, start like an ovulation induction uh, cycle. So, yeah. they gave me, I don't know what, gave me whatever to give me a period. So, they gave me some yeah. fake something to give me a period. Um, and then I was prescri- prescribed letrozole um, oh, yeah. to, yeah, to force or well, to try and force my body to ovulate. So um, this these weren't funded. So the initial appointment was funded, but we had to we would have had to wait like two years or something to get yeah right this funded. And I was definitely not willing to wait. Um, so we were paying for it but it was about four hundred dollars okay. per cycle so I mean yeah once again in the scheme of things a lot cheaper than most um mm. but for us it was still quite a lot of money yeah still so
1: expensive yeah, it <laughs> yeah. um
0: but anyway we were uh, we were willing to do whatever so we did that did the letrozole and I was very um positive and excited and we went did my first um First, you take the pill for five days, I think, and um, then you go get a scan and see if there's eggs, follicles um, getting ready for release. And we had to drive. um, My first cycle, it worked out that it was a Sunday that I needed to get the scan and Mm -hmm. um, we had to drive to Hamilton, which, you know, whatever, that was fine, but we did the drive did the scan and I was very excited um, but there was no eggs so mm. I was really I was pretty upset by that because it yeah. wasn't even it wasn't even you know like I, I knew that I needed to get the eggs to even have a chance mm. that wasn't a guarantee so we weren't even any step closer basically um, yeah and I was pretty gutted by that yeah. um, but We tried again. So the next month we, well, actually I don't think I even had to wait a month because it didn't make me ovulate. Um, they just put me straight into another round and I just had a double dose of the letrozole. Oh yeah. Um, and so we tried that again, went to the scan, however many days later that was and still no, no eggs. Um, no eggs, no follicles that looked like they were going to actually Mm. produce viable eggs. So that was super disappointing. Um, So I think that this was about like eight or nine, well, probably nine or 10 months into trying.
1: Yeah.
0: And by this point, I was literally just obsessed, like Mm -hmm. obsessed with it. It just occupied my mind 24-7. Yeah. Definitely wasn't healthy. And I just, yeah, I just feel so... So much for anyone going through any mm. fertility issues, because there's a whole lot worse than that. And I know that's not even a long time in the scheme of things. Um, so I can just only really fathom, try and imagine how bad it mm. could be. But yeah, ten months, and I did feel like I was losing my mind already.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, that was the lecture result wasn't responding, um, and so they said we would try, uh, clomid instead which used to be what they'd try first but result tends to be a little bit more successful these days for most people mm-hmm. um but anyway we were trying we were going to try clomid um they started me on like a double dose already instead of just a low dose that they usually would because obviously my body wasn't really responding
1: to the other drug um did they talk about a risk of that um creating a pregnancy with multiples?
0: Um, so I just remember
1: I yes, a few people saying that. Um,
0: yeah, I think the risk is about, like, 5%. Okay. Um, but honestly I don't know if they mentioned it I was all over the research it it, it did say I think it does say in the the handout they give you um but this was all done like over the phone with nurses and stuff once I saw the doctor initially I wasn't actually back at the clinic or anything you know it was it was very like um casual to them Mm. it wasn't yeah it was my whole world and to them it was just nothing (laughs) I was the least Mm. of their problems because they're dealing with (laughs) a lot worse um so there was I guess there was a uh, risk. It probably yeah, wasn't yeah. mentioned. Yeah. Um, and us being naive, we, you know, thought that was exciting. <laughs> <to> <laughs> twins. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Clomid also has a higher risk of twins than Letrozole, which is another reason why they use Letrozole as a first mm-hmm. protocol now. But anyway, I, did, I took the Clomid, went to my scan, and it was looking more promising so I had I can't remember how many but it looked like I was gonna ovulate um Mm -hmm. which was very exciting and then I had to go back a couple of days later it wasn't going as fast as they would expect so I went back a couple of days later and then they were like yeah you've definitely I had I did have two eggs that were looking like I was gonna ovulate two eggs Mm -hmm. so I guess no one, I mean, no one told me this, but that you would presume then your chances are higher of multiples, right? If yeah. You, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh. Um, oh no, that's right. Sorry. When I first went to the scan, they said, do not have sex um, yet, because you've got too many. I think I had uh, three, or, three or four that looked like I was going to. Okay. <laughs> <but> potentially. <Yeah. laughs> and, um, and so yeah I don't know whether we followed that or not <laughs> and then we went to the next one and yeah there was two, only two and mm-hmm. so they said you know that's up to you you can if you want to and we we're like hell yeah
1: definitely yeah, um yeah.
0: so yeah we tried uh we had sex and we ended up conceiving that cycle so yeah, amazing yeah it was only three cycles of treatment in the end um thank goodness and I was yeah so stoked
1: yeah yeah and did you do um was it a pregnancy test that you found out you were pregnant or did you go back for a scan or a blood test or what happened next oh I definitely took a pregnancy test
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was actually pretty good though I mean I'd taken so many over that year of trying um and I waited till about 10 I think it was 10 days post ovulation
1: oh well done
0: (laughs) yeah I went I went away on a girl's trip um I actually went on a girl's trip and didn't drink because I was um you know hoping that Mm. I this was going to be it and I was going to be pregnant but it was during that two-week wait and so that helped me I didn't take any tests with me on the trip and I was like no this will help me not take the test Mm. um I got home I woke up at like five a.m. on ten days post ovulation, and I was like, "Okay, I can't wait any longer. I'm taking a <laughs> test." So I went to the bathroom, I took the test, but it was, you know, I was half asleep, um, and it didn't look positive to me. And I was like, oh "So gutted." Mm. I went back to sleep, put the test under the bed, like where I on my side of the bed under the bed. Went back to sleep. I don't know. I was hiding it from my partner, <laughs> from my husband, and. I dreamt that it was positive um, <laughs> and I woke up after that dream and I was like oh that's so sad like that was a dream it was not it wasn't positive mm. but then I looked at the test and it was there was a really faint line there and I was just ecstatic. Um, <laughs> my husband was asleep next to me and it was the day before his birthday and so I was like because we'd agreed I wasn't going to test, <laughs> and um, so I didn't say anything, and I kept it to myself for that, for that whole day, and I took more tests during that day, and they were, they were positive, it was pretty light, but mm. you know, it was positive, and I was, yeah, just so happy, and I was planning to tell him on his birthday the next day, so that was hard to keep, as a secret, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and then I, yeah, told him the following, it was actually the evening, he went to he went to work and anyway, got <laughs> home, gave him his card and yeah, gave him a test and a little baby suit and he, yeah, yeah it was just such a special moment and so cool.
1: Yeah. yeah Very excited. Yeah. Very cool. And how were you feeling in your first trimester? Did you have many pregnancy symptoms?
0: Um, First trimester, I was just really tired, I think. Yeah. I had like that little bit of like hungover feeling. mm um, but it wasn't too bad I wouldn't think I think it was yeah mostly just the tiredness which is what got me um, yeah. and a little bit of nausea but I never vomited actually yeah. I got
1: gastro at one point so I vomited oh, there, but otherwise I
0: didn't vomit yeah yeah <laughs> so and did you go bad.
1: with a midwife for your care yes
0: yeah I um had a few friends here that it had, had babies, and they all happened to use <laughs> the same midwife. Yeah, um, yeah so yeah, it was like an easy choice. I actually met her at um a co- at my friend's house during their postnatal visits. And oh, cool. Yeah, I was pretty set on having her, so I called her straight away and booked that in.
1: Yeah, awesome, cool. And did you do all of the sort of like standard testing that's offered in New Zealand, or what did you decide to do there?
0: I did the nip test um, at ten weeks. Yep. Because I was super eager to <laughs> get <feel> reassurance yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to know the gender. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was very anxious. Like that whole. I mean, I probably was very anxious the whole pregnancy, but particularly the first trimester, and then mm. even up until I could feel her move regularly, I was just yeah really really anxious so I thought the nip test kind of helped with um that to know like everything was good in that regards and then yeah yeah I found out the gender which was exciting um I was yeah really stoked to be having a girl and yeah we did all the other standard testing along the way um Yeah. yeah I did quite a few I don't know how many but I did a few extra scans just for my I don't know what they called them—reassurance scans or something—because I was <laughs> anxious. So yeah, feeling yeah, do
1: that, which was nice because it definitely
0: helped to reassure.
1: Yeah, and were you feeling anxious like about losing the pregnancy, or what was driving your anxiety? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, I was, it was about losing it.
0: Um, for no like no particular reason, I don't think. Yeah, but I just I just wanted yeah. it so badly, and yeah. knew the stats. I was. Yeah, like I said, I was so obsessed with it, and then there was a um, <laughs> there was a there's a calculator online you can do oh <laughs> that <God>. that you, <laughs> that you um, it tells you like your chances of miscarrying um, mm. each day, you know, and I would yeah. literally check it daily because it goes down. Yeah. So I was like that made me feel. Better the more it went down and down, but Mm. yeah, that's not very healthy. I don't think. Yeah.
1: And were you talking to your midwife about like how you were feeling?
0: Um. Yeah, I think I did.
1: You don't really see
0: them much, though. In that. Yeah. But so. Yeah, not a lot. But I, when I did see her, because it did carry on, I I would, I would talk to her about it.
1: Yeah. 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 And what about the rest of your pregnancy? Like, sort of second half how were you feeling and um yeah what was your sort of pregnancy symptoms and how did you find the changes in your body from there
0: um I I think yeah the anxiety kind of softened a little bit when I could feel her move and I loved feeling her move (laughs) and I loved like the growing belly and I loved that side of it but I was in like quite a lot of pain um Mm for most of the pregnancy from yeah from like halfway through my back was really sore um Mm. I was doing kind of everything possible it was like my upper back too which made no sense everyone assumed it would be lower back with like a growing belly but it wasn't (laughs) um and I was doing acupuncture osteo-chiro pilates like everything Mm. to try and manage it um but it just, it wasn't great. Um, if swimming was kind of like the only thing that helped, I'd just be, I'd go swimming, which I couldn't really bother doing, but I, um, <laughs> I did like feeling weightless in the water and it was like the only relief I got during the day was just floating in the pool and swimming. So I was doing that a lot. Um, yeah, and just, it wasn't great, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And were you doing anything in terms of, like, antenatal or birth education in the lead-up to birth?
0: Yeah, I listened to this podcast um, <laughs> religiously. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd listen to every single episode and I'd revisit ones, you know, that I liked and also the Australian version of it. I was just obsessed with yeah. birth stories. Yeah, I feel, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I did a antenatal Course through the parents' center in Tauranga, which yeah. was all right. I mean, I felt like I knew everything um, <laughs> already. That's probably, I probably didn't, but I felt like I did. But my yeah. husband would have learned a lot, I think. So yeah. that was good. And we met some friends through that, which is cool. Um, and I also did your birth project, oh, cool. which was awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, particularly the breathing exercises I used. I mean, I still use them now when I (laughs) sleep um yeah that was yeah I used that a lot
1: yeah awesome cool and did you have much of a birth plan or like thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go
0: um I think because I had listened to so many of the (laughs) stories Mm -hmm. I kind of knew like anything could happen yeah um and I was very like accepting of that um in an ideal world I think I wanted to have a water birth but I did want to be at the hospital um just with my anxiety I thought you know it'd be better to be there at the hospital um so I knew that a water birth wasn't a given because there's Mm. only two pools at the Tarang Hospital um and yeah so ideally like a drug-free water birth, I guess,
1: which yeah, a lot of people yeah. want, um, mm-hmm. which, yeah, did not happen. <laughs> yeah, and just before we jump into your, um, your story on that, do you want to talk us through anything that you did in preparation for birth, like were you doing any antenatal expressing or raspberry leaf tea or perennial massage, anything um, Anything there?
0: Yeah, I was doing all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wasn't actually... I didn't actually really want her to come like I felt other than my back pain I was quite comfortable with her In yeah. I was still really um like active and stuff even at whatever 40 weeks pregnant no.
1: mm.
0: um so I was quite happy because yeah I knew that life was gonna change forever yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but my husband's a school teacher and she was due on the last week of term mm-hmm. and so if like the sooner she came around her due date the more time I was gonna have with him at home. Mm. Um so that was a big thing for me and I was by the yeah by her due date I was really trying to get her out because yeah. of that. Um so I was doing antenatal expressing from I don't know thirty seven weeks um mm-hmm. which I, at the first time I got like what point one of a mil. Mm-hmm. um and I nearly fainted <laughs> I felt so sick from it oh, um, no. and then I quickly became like a machine at it and I was doing like a mill, and then at the end I was doing three mils a, a session um so I had like 60 mills, I think
1: oh my god Kate that's amazing <laughs> by
0: the time I went to the hospital um, yeah yeah which actually turned out I needed I needed it but I'll get into yeah. that later um yeah, and I was doing the raspberry leaf tea. I was sculling cups and cups of that <laughs> and doing the evening primroses up the vagina and orally yeah. as well. Yeah. And yeah. Curb walking, like I was doing it all. All the things. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And do you want to talk us through, um, yeah, how you were feeling in that last sort of week or two and then into your labor? Yeah. So I think.
0: It was just like a roller coaster of emotions in that mm-hmm. last couple of weeks um yeah my anxiety probably really came back but mm-hmm. more around just like life changing I think was yeah what I was worried about I wasn't so worried about the birth um yeah just about the unknown and yeah, yeah I was yeah but I was excited as well yeah um and then yeah so I was doing all the things I went to the midwife on the one day like 40 and one uh for a checkup and I begged her for a stretch and sweep (laughs) um and she tried but my cervix was high and closed and like she just yeah there was no chance she reckoned Mm -hmm. so I went home really gutted about that um yeah I was super gutted because I really wanted it to come at that point um yeah. and I just kind of accepted okay I'm getting induced in you know whatever 12 yeah. days or whatever it was going to be um and just tried to come to peace with it even though that was very dramatic of me um and so the next day I went to the gym and I was doing this like steer climbing machine, tr- like thinking this this will get her out, like <laughs> trying to do everything and just felt completely fine. And, yeah, it was really just trying to come to peace with that she wasn't coming anytime soon. Um, that night at 9.30, we – I was just sitting on the couch with my husband and I kind of heard a, a pop mm. and – I didn't like feel it I heard it and, <laughs> and, and then I thought that's weird where did that noise come from and then I stood up and my water started leaking um, down my leg and I was like I was so shocked just because of my failed stretching sleep the day before mm. I was really really shocked but I was super excited um, And I started like squealing I pulled my pants down in the lounge and I was like jumping up with joy <laughs> my <laughs> husband was like concerned he was like what are you doing get a towel, get you get a towel. um yes yeah, so I was super excited um yeah. and they were just kind of like trickling Well, I don't know somewhere between a trickle and like a flow like it wasn't mm-hmm. a massive gush, but they just kept coming um so I was like okay this is it we're all on I knew that if you know, I knew labor might not start straight away, but if it didn't, that I would be induced, like, after 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that I was going to have my baby pretty soon. Yeah. And I said, it was, it was 9.30 at night, and I said to my husband, all right, you need to go to sleep because you suck with no sleep, <laughs> and this could take a long time. And I don't think I can sleep right now. I mean, I was going to try sleep, but I just knew that it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um he's like okay I can I can do that and just goes off to sleep as if (laughs) if our life isn't about to change yeah and um I I did lie down and try and sleep for a little bit but after an hour my contractions started um and they were quite regular like from the very beginning they were really regular um I didn't uh, yeah I, I mean I wasn't recording them straight away mm-hmm. um because I was trying to remember everything you know stay calm and rest and <laughs> it's gonna take a long time um but I was just I just knew that they were actually a lot more regular than I had really yeah. anticipated so I did yeah. start recording them quite early on and they were within about five minutes you know as soon as I started recording mm-hmm. so um they weren't super intense like I was happily breathing through them and it was fine but I couldn't there was no way I was going to sleep through it yeah so I went out to the lounge by myself and left my husband to sleep and um, I put on my favorite reality tv show Mm -hmm. and um, was just trying to on my birthing ball and yeah just breathing through them and they were ramping up a little bit and um, I hopped in the shower um which I really liked but after about 20 minutes I just I I probably should have stayed in there to be fair but I didn't um I didn't like not knowing the timings Mm. (laughs) because I'm such a control freak and I just felt I needed to know because they did feel so close so um I got out of the shower and continued timing them and yeah they were my app kept saying go to the hospital (laughs) Go and this was only like two hours into contractions, So I knew not to go and I wasn't like in excruciating pain. Like mm-hmm. it was definitely, you know, like, painful, but it wasn't that bad. So I knew I shouldn't go, but yeah, the timings were, were quite close and yeah. Yeah, the, the contractions were quite getting long as well. Like it was really getting to the time that even the midwife says to go. So, um, I just kept going, but I noticed that I hadn't actually felt her move and I couldn't feel her move. um, which because I read that I read the thing the midwife gave me and that was like what the checklist like you know stay home until this 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 yeah. or you can't feel movements and I was like oh shit I haven't felt a move um so then of course I like freaked out yeah. um uh, so I called the midwife and my midwife was off and my backup midwife was off oh, I at the time felt like the end of the world and yeah. now it's like whatever <laughs> it didn't matter yeah. <laughs> um so I called the lady I had never spoken to before and this was about two or three a.m I think so she wasn't overly enthused to get a phone call mm. at that time um and yeah I think she was well the vibe I got was like oh God, first time mum, like way too early in the case <laughs> Yeah, you know, but she—I guess she had to follow the rules and said I had to go into hospital because of the no movement.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So of course I—I I did that. So we—I woke my husband up and got everything. Everything was all sorted and packed. But yeah, got into the. I said to my husband, "Go take the capsule out of the with you know installed the capsule in the mm. base." I said, "Take the capsule out and put it in the boot, like I'd already explained to him." prior to labor this is what you're going to need to do <laughs> I had all the lists and everything as the control freak I am and then we get in the car and I'm sitting in the back trying to like uh, be on all fours kind of thing and then I realized mm. he's uninstalled the entire like capsule base he, oh, took no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he took so long doing it and I thought what is taking him so long you can't figure out how to click it in and out but it was because he un- <laughs> uninstalled oh, the entire no. thing and I was like oh my god you idiot and he's like it's, whatever it doesn't matter We're, you're having a baby like don't worry and I was like oh we have to get that installed like <laughs> <laughs> yeah he didn't understand the, the issue which I thought was really funny looking back on it yeah and we get to the hospital and um meet the midwife who yeah she yeah she was fine I, I was initially still a bit taken aback not having someone I knew Um, but I did, I did get to know her across the the day because we were there (laughs) a long time. Um, and really like her now. Um, so she checked me and I was three centimeters, I think, um, which I did forget to mention I was using a TENS machine, uh, at home and I was really liking that other than the fact that, um, it wasn't sticking to me very well because I think I'd had a bath with whatever oils and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was helping, and I did like using that. Um, but yeah, it got. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.
1: Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: The hospital was three centimeters, and they had to hook me up to whatever that, the monitoring machine thingy, to check for the movements, um... And so I had to be on the bed strapped to this machine, and this is kind of where it to me was like all went downhill. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah, I hated being stuck on the bed, like yeah. all I wanted to be was on all fours or standing, um, just anything but on the bed basically, which yeah, yeah, and. The, I don't actually know. I, I'd be interested to see, you know, my notes from what actually happened. But mm. basically, we ke- I kept saying, can I get off this monitoring? You know, I, ne- I want to be mobile. But it was just kept – I kept getting told, no, you can't. We need to monitor. Yeah. We need to monitor. And, yeah, I mean, I would never – the thing is I'd never go against, you know, medical advice. But yeah. I, I wish – Yeah, I don't know. I I struggled that I didn't kind of advocate more to see if there was a way they could have um, had me more mobile with still monitoring, you know? Um, Because I just think it would have been quite very different um, if I could have. But anyway, I didn't. I I listened and I was on my back. and I mean, I could go on my side and thing, but, yeah, it was pretty horrible um, contracting in that way. I did not like that. Um, So yeah I was doing that I'm not sure for how long maybe a couple of hours yeah I don't know but it was getting pretty horrible um and I said I wanted some pain relief um and so I tried the gas which I hated um I didn't I I didn't give it a good enough try I don't think I just couldn't really grasp it I couldn't breathe Mm. deep enough and it made me feel sick and yeah I don't know Uh, they kept trying to get me to try it properly but I I just wouldn't And I was like no no I don't want it yeah um and then I said get me an epidural um oh I think they no, they checked me again after a couple of hours and I was I think maybe three to four I'm not sure and I was like nah get me an epidural like I'm not doing this for however long um and so eventually we got the epidural person and and um, and that failed twice Um, yeah it didn't just didn't do anything I think Mm. I got some relief on one side and I mean now that I look back I've heard so many stories of that too but I was so disappointed because like I mean I was already a bit disappointed having the epidural and then it not even working. I was just like, Well, what is the point? Like Mm. Um Yeah, I really and so it took about I think he came back for a third time and got it working as best as he could. So it was I think by the end I did have relief on both sides. Um but I just I mean I've got nothing to compare it to obviously, but I The midwife was looking at me like going through contractions and was like can you feel that and I'm like yes I can feel that (laughs) and you could just you know (laughs) I got the I got the vibe that I probably shouldn't have been able to feel it and I I was like yes well I wish I couldn't feel it but I can Mm. so yeah I felt a bit ripped off I wanted to not feel much of anything by that point and I was feeling too much for my liking (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah so then it was kind of just a waiting game we waited around my husband had another nap I was told to nap but I couldn't and I you know I was still yeah. feeling my contraction so I, I wasn't gonna nap but I did rest and we were just oh my sister was there too she came straight away um when we arrived basically which was cool to have her support she yeah. did, um had three babies herself so I knew that she would be a really good um yeah. support for me
1: yeah
0: and for my husband because you know he's been out of his depth as well <laughs> um Yeah, so me and her probably just chatted, and he napped in the chair, Um, and then, I don't know, it rolled around to about, what time, I think she was born at two, so it rolled around to twelve, and they checked me, and I was um, ten centimetres, and they might have checked in between then, I don't actually remember, and yeah 10 centimeters and they're like okay time to push and I was like no nah, I'm not I'm not I'm tired and I'm scared yeah and they're like no you need to push so <laughs> I started pushing and I think I pushed for about um oh sorry I forgot to mention they did give me this and toast and
1: oh uh, yeah
0: um after the or at the same time as the epidural because yeah I wasn't progressing quick enough and, um, yeah, because of my water's breaking and stuff, I wanted to mm-hmm. get things moving. Um, so, yeah, I had this in person. And, and then, yes, I was told to start pushing. And I was I just didn't know what to do or how to do it. <laughs> um, I was on my back still um, with my legs being held up, one each by my husband and my sister. Yeah. And I pushed for, I think, about, yeah, an hour and a half hours well she was born at two and i, I think it started around 12 or maybe 12 30 so it felt like a long time but um i think yeah at the beginning i just wasn't making much progress and they were trying mm. to explain to me how to do it and it just wasn't really getting anywhere i felt like i was getting somewhere and then she was going back up um yeah. and she wasn't in like ideal positioning um yeah. either which I think she was. I think it's called right occiput anterior.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's not like posterior, but just not quite the ideal anterior yeah. either. Um, which might have had something to do with why the pushing was quite challenging. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I had tried all the spinning babies things as well. By the way, uh, prior to. Later, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if it worked. I don't think it worked. Um, yeah, but eventually pushed. Um. Yeah, I pushed her out, I guess. There was no, like, interventions or anything in in that regard, which was um, good. I eventually got her head out and my husband ended up, like, catching her, which was really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, We didn't really have any plans around that, but in the moment he was kind of told to, and he's very good at doing what he's told to do. We got some cool photos of him kind of, um, yeah, being right there and seeing it all, which was cool.
1: Cool, yeah
0: and um yeah she came out um eventually and came out screaming which was such a relief at the time it was so lovely to hear her screaming and then the screaming never stopped for the next (laughs) 12 weeks but in the moment it was a beautiful sound um and she was yeah put straight on my chest um and yeah yeah bad
1: yeah, amazing. And did you need any stitches or anything like that?
0: No. So amazingly enough, there was no stitches. And the one <laughs> thing I didn't do in preparation for birth was perennial, 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 perennial massage. Yeah. Yep. Um, I knew all about it and I had, well, I did try once and once was enough for me. Um, i was yeah i could not be bothered it was too hard to reach and so i did not do that (laughs) it is awkward Um, and hard yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, Yeah. doing enough so um no i didn't do that but i and i didn't tear either so i was yeah amazing uh, super stoked with that um
1: yeah quite lucky yeah cool and so what sort of happened from there she's obviously on your chest and did she latch on and yeah what happened next
0: yeah, so she – I think they gave me the um, injection to get the placenta out, which I think is relatively standard maybe after having some or epidural. I don't know. They did ask me, and I was fine to get that done. Um, I think they had to, like, tug it out a little bit, which mm. wasn't the best. But, yeah, I had her, and uh, that's kind of a blur, to be honest. Um yeah. I don't know. I don't actually remember her first latch either. Like we did, I feel like she was on my chest, you know, skin to skin for
1: yeah.
0: ages. Um, I don't, I don't know if she latched, when she latched, to be honest. um, yeah. I'm sure we would have tried. Um, And then I was really desperate to get to our birthing centre. So yeah. as you know that we've got an amazing birthing centre, um, in Tauranga and I really wanted to go there for my postnatal care and so I said to the, this is probably about an hour later she'd been, I don't know, dressed and weighed and done all the checks they needed to do and everything was great and I said alright, like what can we do to get me up and get Mm. me to the birthing centre and the midwife was like alright, you need to get up and wee and have a shower and do all these things and I said great, let's do that, so I sat up and then I thought, oh, shit, I don't feel good at all. Um, mm. And then it kind of all really quickly went downhill. I um, started bleeding quite heavily. Mm. And, um, and here, yeah, I mean, it's quite a blur for me, but it was really quickly seemed to be quite serious. The midwife yeah. was quite concerned and she was you know down there trying to investigate what's going on and by this point I had no like all my pain relief had worn off and she was putting her hands up there like Mm -hmm. trying to oh god it was the (laughs) the worst pain I've ever had in my life yeah um and my partner I couldn't really see but my husband said to me uh not in the moment but later on said that there was like golf ball sized Mm. clots just like coming out yeah it was (laughs) horrific and so they pressed the buzzer whatever and like 10 people were quickly in the room
1: Mm.
0: and um yeah I guess I was I was having a postpartum hemorrhage and they couldn't seem to stop the bleeding so they were trying to I'm not really sure I think they were trying to there was a another doctor what's the doctor's obstetrician I think maybe in like with her hands up me as well trying to get um trying to see if there's any retained placenta I guess um mm-hmm. and that was honestly just horrific like and they were pressing on my uterus from the outside one of them like the midwife would be pressing my uterus and the doctors got her hands up trying to like get everything out and Mm. I guess stop the bleeding trying to contract it back down I don't actually really know it was horrific and I was like no like this (laughs) that was oh it was definitely the worst yeah the worst part and anyway they couldn't stop the bleeding so they said like we're going to have to take you to surgery and it was all quite um it seemed very dramatic at the time and I was getting very faint and like in and out of it because I was obviously losing quite a bit of blood. Um, so all these people are introducing themselves to me, like I don't know who they were, and, mm-hmm. and anesthetists and whatever people that are going to do surgery on me. And I was like, I'm not taking any of this <laughs> just, Yeah, yeah. Just stop this pain, basically. But they couldn't. They couldn't get any like lines into me or anything. Uh, obviously, with the blood loss and yeah, 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 they. It would just seem to take so long and I was like oh my god can you just stop if I'm going to surgery just stop scratching Doing that. <laughs> my uterus right now so <laughs> really yeah. um yeah so they had to you know eventually they they had to take me away and that was quite scary like leaving my sister had gone by then as well and so it was mm-hmm. just my husband with this baby and I was getting wheeled out and I just yeah that was looking back at him holding the baby he just looked terrified and yeah yeah. so sad for him basically like yeah yeah it was horrible leaving him but they eventually wheeled me out to surgery and um I had yeah I had to get put under and they did I mean I don't really know if I was ever explained but I'm guessing they did like a DNC type thing and yeah got everything out i think i'm pretty sure someone told me there was a retained placenta yeah
1: um
0: even though you know we'd checked over my placenta and it's just, mm. we didn't think so but there must have been a little bit and that caused the hemorrhaging so yeah they did that and um uh i think i ended up losing about two liters of blood yeah wow um which, yeah, at the time, also, I had no idea how significant that was, but it yeah. turns out you feel pretty shit when you lose two litres of blood. Yes. Um, yeah, so then I came back to the, I had a hospital room, I don't know, a few hours later, I really don't know how long that was, and um, my husband was there with the baby, and my mum and sister had come back by that point, so they were all there with him, which was nice, and they were all fine and I was just really out of it kind of was coming off the anesthesia I guess and Mm. yeah just kind of trying to wrap my head around what had happened
1: yeah yeah and did you feel like out of it what were you sort of feeling when you woke up yeah I was I think I was quite confused they Mm.
0: my family was telling me I was saying some weird things and like asking about the ba- asking about my baby and asking like how big she was and all these things that I did know beforehand, but I yeah. just, I couldn't remember. Um, yeah, I was just a bit
1: out of it, I think. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so what happened from there? What did you stay in hospital for a few days or did you still want to go to the birth center? What did that look like? Yeah. I, I mean, they said I, I couldn't
0: go to the birth center. so I'm yeah. <laughs> Sad about that. Um, and I had to stay in hospital, I was still, like, um, had a catheter and all this, yeah, I couldn't really move. Or, I don't know, I didn't feel like I could move. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, I still felt really faint and just yuck. So I was in hospital. I think we stayed for three nights, I think. Three or four, but I think three. Um, And, yeah, I was pretty much bed bound. I I didn't get up until day two three must be two well, I don't know um, so my husband was doing all the all the things just bringing me the babies to feed and um, yeah they gave me a iron infusion um, initially and then were like monitoring me to see if they were gonna give me a blood transfusion which seemed wild because I just was like, why can I not get a blood transfusion <laughs> right now? Like iron infusions don't work for a couple of weeks and I'm starting out like exhausted. Mm. I, I was just, yeah, it was so, I mean, I guess they've got their roles but it just seemed so wrong. Yeah. Um, and on day, I don't know, two or three, my levels were bad enough that I qualified for a, a blood transfusion. Mm. So they gave me a couple of um, bags of blood which – works instantly so I did feel a bit better after that yeah um and then yeah we were I was able to kind of like get up and get showered and I hadn't had a shower in a couple of days Mm. but it was so grim um but I did feel really shaky and yeah iffy for that first day that I was getting up um but then yeah I started to get better and better and we were able to go home on day four I think
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you find that going home? And obviously, like your whole life has changed with this little human <laughs> <and> you've got <laughs> got to bring home with you. So, how did you find the first sort of yeah couple of weeks at home with your new baby? Um, I
0: think the first couple when I had my husband at home were actually okay. I um. Yeah, I mean, it was all crazy, like, finding (laughs) your feet and everything, but because we were both there 24-7, and it it seemed okay, I was, I felt like I was coping well, and um, yeah, I mean, I physically felt not great from everything, had quite a lot of, like, pain in, like, my vagina, I guess, Mm -hmm. I don't really know what was um, normal or not, but um, it was okay, yeah, she, Olive was always quite unsettled um even in hospital she the midwives would make comments and like they said on day two or whatever she was crying like real tears and they mentioned that a couple of them mentioned it and I didn't really think I just thought you know she's a baby of course she's crying
1: mm.
0: but then I realized well then I found out later on that they're not meant to like physically cry for like I don't know a few weeks or something don't develop that Mm. they're not I don't know so she was advanced and they're crying which was great um <laughs> yeah she just was quite unsettled but um in those first couple of weeks it seemed I just thought it was normal and you know this is life and it was okay um but beyond those first couple of weeks is when it kind of got a lot harder mm.
1: yeah yeah and what sort of happened there
0: um yeah, so my husband went back to work after two weeks and um, she just seemed to get more and more unsettled. Mm. Um, she was just screaming a lot of the time. Her sleep was, I mean, average at best and it's still less average at best. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, because I think when you speak to even people that have babies, like everyone is just like, oh the sleep like you know how's the sleep everyone focuses on the Mm. sleep and like yeah the sleep sucks um but having a screaming baby all day is just like so much worse than yeah Yeah. not sleeping like it was just killing me she Mm. yeah she just couldn't put her down at all and just watching her scream in pain and I just I had it like my gut was telling me that she wasn't okay and it wasn't normal but no one could really give us any answers yeah and yeah so I mean the midwife would come each whatever when she came and be like oh try this try you know gripe water, try mm. I don't know all the things call it calm blah 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 he's trying them all but took her to the Cairo. took her to the osteo just literally just desperate and then yeah at about I think it was about six weeks um the doctor said it could be silent reflux. Um yeah. because she she didn't have any she wasn't spilly, like she wasn't refluxy. And I was just like, Oh, you're really grasping you at straws, like clearly. I mean, yeah. And I was a bit hesitant, but I was also really desperate after six weeks of screaming. Yeah. Um, so they gave us uh, a to try and oh, yeah. Um, we'd already tried Gaviscon, which is impossible to get into babies that aren't yeah. bottle fed. Yes, yeah. I was breastfeeding I didn't actually mention that, but breastfeeding was like going pretty well, yeah um other than the screaming <laughs> and yeah, so we started on the and they said it would take a while because if it was silent reflux, her esophagus would already be quite damaged from the you know six weeks of it getting burnt from her stomach acid um mm. so it needs to heal it's not going to work straight away so that's pretty much exactly what happened it did take a couple of weeks well actually it took about six weeks for it to really make a difference yeah um so yeah those first 12 weeks she was just just screaming and I just couldn't I, I was, I felt like I was losing my mind. Some days, I, I was just counting down the seconds until my husband would get home and I hand over the baby and just, I don't know, get away as soon as I could to get a breather. Um, yeah, and it was, it was, it was bloody hard. Um, but she was like a whole new baby after twelve weeks. Um, and she's been just like amazing ever since.
1: Yeah yeah Yeah. god isn't that just crazy like makes such a difference to your life when she's not like (laughs) screaming all the time right yeah I think like
0: the I just felt really ripped off and really sad like that I was missing out I wasn't enjoying it at all and obviously it's something being a mum was what I had wanted so badly so you feel all that guilt and you know other people want to be a mum so bad and I, I really felt I, w- I would always think of that and just think you know you've got to appreciate it but it's so hard to appreciate it when it was just beyond hard like I was just getting nothing back there was no joy mm. it was just all whole challenge yeah yeah it was it was tough but now it kind of feels like a distant memory because Life goes on, and you know it's been it's been a lot better ever since. But yeah, I for well, anyone going through a mm. reflex baby. I have so much, so much sympathy and empathy
1: for. It's just yeah, it's tough. And was there anything that helped you, like from a mental health perspective? Because I'd imagine that was yeah, really challenging for your mental health. Yeah, well, it was definitely challenging. Um,
0: honestly not a lot nothing really helped that was the thing is there was nothing that really anyone could do other than hold my baby you Mm. know but I didn't I didn't really didn't have I had my sister who who would do that but I didn't we didn't have a lot of other people that could do that um and or that I'd want to do that because it's such a Horrible thing for any, you know. I don't, know yeah. I don't want to hold someone else's screaming baby, so I didn't want to put that on anyone else either. Um, but yeah, nothing really helped. I've always been like a, I exercise most days for yeah. my mental health, and that really helps. But because of um, my recovery and stuff, I, I wasn't, I couldn't exercise, which is another part of the story. I guess my mm. vagina didn't feel normal or anything, and I, I couldn't exercise um and I was wearing her like I I had to wear her a lot you know Mm -hmm. um, because she wanted to be on me and I was doing probably too much well I wasn't even doing a lot walking but I'd walk just to keep sane and get some fresh air with her on me um which she liked but it was probably doing damage or hurting my Mm. recovery as well so it was like a catch-22 and that was a whole other side of the struggle
1: yeah yeah and did you see a woman's health physio for your pain
0: yeah so I saw one um during my pregnancy and then but she had gone on maternity leave by the time I'd had olive Mm -hmm. so I didn't book in until um I don't know until I wanted to see one at six weeks and I couldn't get into Claire who everyone knows in Taranga she's (laughs) amazing um So I went to see someone else who I could get into, which was a warning sign, I guess, was that you could get, I could get into it quickly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: and that was, yeah, that was not good. I would recommend uh, such a shame. seeing people off recommendations, not who you can get into quickest because, yeah. yeah, it was so, oh my gosh, I came in from that crying because she diagnosed me like with a grade two or three prolapse and, just made it seem was telling me how like there's nothing like they don't heal. There's nothing you can do. I'm not nothing you can do, but like it's never going to be back to normal and was just really like, um, really grim, just really worst case Mm. scenario. Um, and then anyway, carrying on from that. So I saw her for quite, I saw her quite a lot, spent a whole lot of money on that, doing all these, it was basically just exercises and stuff. And, um, trying to heal but I just yeah. wasn't I wasn't happy with the progress and I just thought no this isn't right I'm gonna go see Claire who I could get her. I got on her wait list and got in to see Claire so I've been seeing Claire now um I don't know I might have been like five months postpartum when I went to see her mm-hmm. and yes. yeah she's been amazing I've, it's been so much so much better since I've mm-hmm. seen her um uh, she was like, "You definitely do not have a grade two or three prolapse." Oh and no! I can't believe you would think things yeah. visit that. So I've been walking. You know, I've been thinking the worst for so long, and um, yeah. Anyway, she's helped heaps because I was having, in the rare occasions of us having sex, um, it was painful.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that's been fixed. I was actually doing too much of the, you know pelvic floor exercises too much tightenings and not enough Uh, relaxings yeah um so it was making sex painful and yeah yeah contributing to my general pain um which is what the other lady had told me to do was you know as many Mm -hmm. exercises as possible kind of great um (laughs) yeah so we fixed that and I also got a pessary from Claire
1: oh yeah
0: um which she was kind of like uncertain whether it was going to help, whether I needed it. Um, mm-hmm. But it said it wouldn't hurt and that it could do like placebo effect type thing if it didn't yeah. help. So I was happy to try um, because I really wanted to get back into exercise mm-hmm. um, and just didn't feel confident with it. Like I was doing a little bit and then I'd feel heavier down there and yeah. um, I was just so scared of like making it worse um Mm. so anyway yeah I've got I got the pissery like in December and I've been using it most days since then and been able to like get right back into my exercise and even runs and yeah that's just been amazing for my like mental health and just you know feeling human and feeling like myself again so I don't know um I don't really know long term you know what how that's going to go I'll, I'm going back to clear in a couple of months um to reassess I guess and see whether I need to use it still or what yeah. happens. I don't I don't know but it's been amazing so I would definitely recommend yeah going to
1: a pelvic floor physio yeah for sure me too I think it's super important if you can um and it's good that it's yeah definitely helped you which is awesome yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. And is there anything that you feel like we haven't covered that you want to include in your story?
0: Another problem I had from, I don't even know what what it was from, but all related to birth, I guess, is that I had, I was constipated afterwards mm-hmm. and then I had like anal fissures or tears. Oh no.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I left that for too long as well. And then by the time mm. I spoke to the doctor,
1: she was like,
0: um, yeah, you need to do laxatives for like three months. But if that doesn't feel it, you're going to need Botox oh, God. in your bum. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, <laughs> classic. My first Botox is going to be in my bum. <laughs> yeah.
1: um. Was it really so, painful? I've only, The only time I've seen that is when Rebecca <laughs> – Oh, my gosh, um, yes. Kyle look here on Instagram. I've seen her with those. Yeah. yeah. Well, I followed her whole story and
0: it still didn't even like ring to me to like sort it out when it was mm-hmm. happening because it just yeah. seemed like the least of my problems because it was happening during this, you know, my the reflux period. Uh. So I just kind of like didn't yeah, but it was so painful. It just felt like you were like ripped like glass mm-hmm. going through your bum every time you're bowing. Yeah, it was so bad and um so I went on laxatives and that kind of helps but then it yeah that was a whole thing to like manage with my I don't know laxatives create mm. other problems and then it's like you're gonna shit yourself so I was like running to the toilet but I've got a baby I can't put down
1: mm. um
0: yeah but it has been, thankfully I did manage to heal that um with laxatives um and yeah that's that's fine luckily um yeah so I'll be more careful to try and not let that get out of hand yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah for sure and um just before we sort of finish up I would love to know how things like between you and TJ are and how you sort of share the load between the two of you from a parenting perspective and also, I guess, yeah, what is what your relationship sort of looks like um, now that you've got a baby in the mix? Yeah, it's, um,
0: yeah, it's been, a, it's been a change for sure. And mm. um, where he's, I think he's really, really good. Um, he is super helpful and, like, willing to do mm. um, anything. I think the only thing probably getting in the way is, like, me being a control freak so <laughs> I have trouble like letting him do things but we I mean I we knew that before we had the baby we had yeah. discussions about that like that was always going to be a thing and I'm trying and yeah we're, we're getting there like I think it's been we definitely don't have enough time you know of us yeah. or we aren't we just we're talking recently you know we, we need to prioritize our time together because yeah we do have time once they go to bed we've got that time but we sit on our phones and you know yeah as (laughs) as we do yeah um so we're trying to make more of an effort in that regards but with actual parenting he's he's just been amazing um yeah he's he's really good he's a great resettler um I feel like I can't resettle (laughs) her because I just whip my boobs out instead so it's his job and he's he's quite good at that um and I hate resettling, it feels like the impossible task <laughs> yes yeah um yeah so it's it's been good and it's just yeah I think yeah I think he's missing um the the like intimacy side of it.
1: yeah yeah
0: um definitely not with I mean with the prolapse and lack of sleep and everything the we're still not having a lot of sex I would say um yeah but we'll get there and now it's yeah, totally to normal, normal at least yeah I yeah. think yeah we'll get there and once I get some sleep if that ever happens then maybe <laughs> maybe we can have some more sleep yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like
1: if you can figure out how to get our baby to sleep <laughs> then yeah we'll be maybe. on <laughs> oh, funny Cool. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I've really loved talking to you. And I know that there'll be, yeah, so many people out there who relate to um, at least one part of your episode. So super grateful. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, proudly sponsored by Your Birth Project. I look forward to bringing you another awesome episode next week. And until then, I hope you have a lovely rest of the week. Talk soon.